Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Looking around at things, I have the 
college basketball atmosphere. I'm going to try and do this as best as I possibly can and then get involved with everything else that I have on slate. Um, first and foremost, as of yesterday, we have – and it's the top 25. Alabama upsets Gonzaga. I'm going to come right back to that. Uh, 91-82. You have Baylor winning their matchup up against Arkansas Pine Bluff, 99-54, in which – uh, that Arkansas Pine Bluff coach, he is not a game at all. He actually made his players run sprints during a game. So this is crazy. That's the first time I've ever seen that in a game. Villanova wins their matchup up against St. Joseph's, 81-52. to uh, Arkansas wins their matchup up against Arkansas Little Rock, 93-78. to BYU wins their matchup up against Missouri State, 74-68. to um, Tennessee beats Colorado 69-54. UConn beats Grambling 88-59. Ole Miss beats Memphis 67-63. I'll get to that. Also, Iowa State beats Creighton 64-58. USC wins their matchup up against Washington State 63-61. Auburn wins their matchup up against Yale 86-64. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Michigan State wins their matchup up against Toledo 81-68. Wisconsin wins their matchup up against Marquette, 89 to 76. Michigan wins their matchup up against San Diego State, 72 to 58. And last but not least, Seton Hall beats Nyack College, 113 to 67, to round out the top 25. Um, I do have Eric in the building. Eric, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Good morning, my brother. I'm feeling great. Excited to be here and let's chop it up. Okay, so while I got through a lot of the scores, I, I guess I'm going to save the best for last. So let me start from the bottom and work my way up. Um, there was a game that I seen down here that caught my attention, and I wanted to talk about it. Um, okay, the uh, Memphis State, Memphis, well, it's not Memphis State anymore. So Memphis versus Ole Miss, and they are a top 25-ranked team. Ole Miss wins this game 67-63, in which they were in Mississippi, so I do give that edge to it. But there was something that one of the people that I'm around woke me up to with Memphis, uh, with the staff that they have, that they're not that good, especially with a lot of the players that came to Memphis to play, like Ebonnie Bates and players of that nature, to come alongside with Penny Hardaway being the head coach. They also have Larry Brown as an assistant coach, and Rasheed Wallace is an assistant coach. It's like, how is this not working to make this better while you have quality players there in a, in a conference where you guys should be taking care of business? Um, on the road, they have not won. They are 0-2 on the road. So this is something that I know is early, but this, is, this isn't acceptable if Penny's trying to make a better name for himself coaching while his son's in front of him, you know, and the players that they have, they're just like Imani Bates and how highly coveted they've been watching him since middle school all throughout high school, and now he's here now and not really putting a dent in college basketball is the one thing that I'm concerned about. But, again, I just want to be fair. I did want to mention that because these are games that they shouldn't be losing to an unranked team, even though you're going to get a, a tough game out of everybody every week. But I, I'm not accepting that. That's the first one I wanted to harbor on. And the second one I wanted to get to, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to just, like, save it up before I just muster the punch. But um, I am going to forget it. Why not? So Alabama wins up against Gonzaga, like I said, 91-82, in which Gonzaga has one of the All-American players that are, to me, I want to even be fair with the number, I say top five or top ten pick next year. Uh, a lot of people are 
gawking at what Chet Holmgren can be in his potential. Even though he's 18, I still feel like he has growth to do. And I don't know if he's going to grow even taller because he still has three more years to grow because I guess they say the male anatomy stopped growing at the age of 21, so I don't know if he'll grow another inch, two or three, however tall he gets. But he's still, to me, frail, like his frame is frail. He's 7 feet and 195. He's very thin. And um, I feel like that's something that people are going to peg or attack him at the end of the day because, of, you know, just his frame, he could get in foul trouble. He plays a position where he's going to go up against people that bring it to him, and if he gets the foul trouble, they're out of there. I'm not accepting Drew Timmy at all. Um, Drew Timmy should have came out of college last year when he had a good hype around him. Um, he's not dominated college basketball like he thought he would coming into this season, and I don't know how much I could put at the feet of Mark Few because I'm not going to lie, even though I'm not a Gonzaga fan, I do respect Mark Few as a coach, and for these type of situations to be happening – they lost to Duke, a uh, game where they were ranked higher, and I, I get it, it's a rivalry, so I, I let that one slide. But this game up against Alabama, Alabama not only had to come to your place, they had to go across the country into the northwest corner of the United States and play in Seattle where Washington is home for you guys and beat you almost by double digits. This is almost a double-digit loss in which you guys needed uh, another nine points because Alabama was blowing you guys out at halftime. You guys outscored them in the second half. They were up 16 at half. Gonzaga, this is not acceptable. I don't, I don't believe you. Um, I feel like they'll get to the big dance and go as far as, well, I say the, the minimum is Sweet 16. I'll, I'll say that's the minimum. They go as high as Elite Eight or Final Four. I don't feel like they're a national championship contender. There's just something about the aura of Gonzaga that they can't play quality teams or play – you know, diverse teams. Let me just say that the best way. Um, I, this, this bothered me. I'm not going to lie. This loss right here bothered me, even though Alabama is a good team. I don't want to take anything. Let me just say that. I don't want to take anything away from Alabama. They are an awesome team to watch, especially the way that they were shooting, and Shackelford put up a 28-point night. But, Gonzaga, for you to be a – after the loss of Duke, they put you to number three. You lose to a 16-ranked team. In your area or your arena, but you guys played in Seattle trying to bring that hype around that area, I'm, I'm not buying it. I feel like you guys will continue to kill your conference, and this is the way that people or the committee look at you guys and, like, they don't give you credit. So, um, Gazaga, your work is cut out for you to, like, you're going to have to beat all of the teams that you play in your conference soundly by, I want to at least say by more than, like, 17 to 25 points, to be fair. I feel like the number is going to have to be heavier, especially the way this is going down, but... I, I, I'll allude to Eric and go from here. Eric, your thoughts from, like, the games in NCAA basketball top 25, any of the games that I may have mentioned or missed, uh, especially the hype around Chet Holmgren uh, out here in Gonzaga and how they are, I don't want to say stumbling, but they're losing interesting games uh, to start the season. Uh, yeah, and you kind of hit it on the head, uh, Timeless here. Gonzaga, I don't – they can't win against these big schools, these other teams. Uh, they get high, highly ranked. Uh, we all saw what happened in the national championship game against Baylor last year. They got destroyed. And, uh, yeah, Chet Holmgren, he is highly overrated. I mean, this guy is uh, as thin as a pencil. Um, and oh, they're talking man. about him potentially being number one overall pick in the NBA. Well, a lot of things got to change before that happens. So I, I'm, not, I'm not buying into the hype yet. I, 
I've never bought into the Gonzaga hype, um, and now I think people are going to see, especially the committee, um, you know, these their their conference. Get them out of a conference and put them in one of these top conferences, and let's see how they fare. Let's see if you know they can have uh, the records they do in this conference, and I, I don't think they do timeless. So, uh, yeah, Gonzaga may be a Sweet 16 team, but a lot's going to have to change over there. The crazy part is is how they look after this season. Chet Holmgren's going to go to the league. He's a one and done. Drew Timmy's a senior. That's their big that they count on. So he's going to end up going to the league if he makes the league. I doubt I doubt if he make a league roster. He's, he's in trouble. Um, and Mark Few's going to have to show an excellent job of coaching because his, his backcourt is what's carrying them right now. Um, their guard play has actually been working decent. So, Hopefully the guards could try to muster this up and uh, they go get a quality big or two. They're, they're going to need to fill the spot of two uh, front court players to to fill the void of what they're going to end up losing in this upcoming season. So I, I don't think that they're a threat to win the national championship. I feel like they will be a powerhouse to worry about coming out from the West. But uh, these these two losses, the Duke one I could accept because that's Coach K. This is Coach K's last season. Now, everybody in front of Duke is probably going to be in a buzzsaw situation. But this one against Alabama, you knew where you were facing. Alabama is no punk of a, a contender. Like, you're, you're going to go up against them. And, and they were beating you guys soundly. And this is looking like Gonzaga basketball. If I was Mark Hugh, I hate to put this at your feet, you need to start scheduling games against schools that have diversity. Because you somehow, some way, you guys cower around teams that have diversity unless they're they're just not built for the, the, the fight. Like, this is a 16th-ranked team, so they're not a pushover. You guys want a whole bunch of teams that aren't ranked that have diversity that you could pummel, and, and it's not working anymore. I'm not I'm not buying it anymore, Mark Few. You're a great coach. You're a great guy, but this is not acceptable. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not cowering into that any longer. I'm sorry. So I'm going to move from there because that is, that is getting quite frustrating because I am mad at the way that that went down. I, I had no, like, financial value. I didn't have no wager in the game. It's just watching the quality of basketball. And how it just like Eric just said, hyping up Chet Holmgren. And I'm not going to lie. When I was watching the footage of him coming out of high school, it was like, oh, he's a seven-footer that can shoot, dribble, and do everything else. But it's like when he gets to the college ring is when I want to see him. And he's not killing like he was in high school. So it's like, okay, so now it's, it's a tougher environment. Your next league or next level is here in college, and you're trying to go to the pros now, I question if you're ready for the league unless something crazy starts happening. Like, you, you're you going to have to have these 25 and 10 games come out of nowhere against lesser quality teams, and then I'm going to have to wait to see what you look like in the tournament. Like, that's not fair. Like, I, I don't know. That, that That's just me. That's just me. I'm, no, I, I agree, Tomlinson. He's going to – He's going to have to put on some uh, mass, too, you know what I mean? He's going to have to get into that weight gainer and start hitting the gym because uh, he's going to be banging with some big boys in the NBA, and his 190-pound frame is definitely not going to work. So if I was him, I'd definitely stay in college for two three years for sure. If he jumps out this year, he's he's going to be one and done in the NBA. So, Wow. Listen, you said mad, like they need to just strap him to a yep. chair in a buffet and just and just keep slingshotting food <laughs> in his mouth. That's that's what I think he eats like cereal and chips probably every day. That, there's nothing sticking to him. Listen, you have to see like the side profile of when like a camera views him. It's just it's just a, a frame in his head. Like he is really that rail thin. He, he is very thin. That yep. that is 
it's almost bothersome. Like, I really want to question the Holmgren family. Do you see them? Like, like what, what, what's going on? I, I don't know. But like I said, I feel like they once they start playing their conference play, start playing lesser quality teams, they'll start picking their wins up and running along. And I feel like they'll end up the season like at worst case scenario, like twenty eight and five, twenty eight and six. It'll probably be something like that. At worst case, that's worst case. You know what I'm saying? So I, I feel like their damage is done for now. But we'll see sooner or later. But that loss is definitely questionable. Okay, so let me get to the the thicker things here before we get into the first week of December for the NFL. Uh, call the number again, 929-477-2759. Um, yeah, college football. First game I'm going to go to happened Friday. The Pac-12 championship game. Oregon loses this game up against Utah, 38-10. to I will be right back to this game shortly. The next game to round out the top 25. The SEC Championship, Alabama wins their matchup up against Georgia, 41-24. to You know I will be talking about that shortly. Michigan wins their matchup in the Big Ten Championship, 42-3. I can't wait to rip that apart. Cincinnati wins their matchup in the Atlantic Conference Championship. Uh, excuse me, the Athletic Conference Championship. I'm sorry. 35-20. Uh, to I will talk about that as well. Baylor upsets Oklahoma State, 21-16. to I can't wait to pick that apart. Pittsburgh wins their matchup up against Wake Forest, forty-five to twenty-one, in a in a blowout. I give that blowout. That's a blowout. Uh, Utah State wins their matchup up against San Diego State, forty-six to thirteen, and to round out the championship week of quality top twenty-five teams, Louisiana beats Appalachian State, twenty-four to sixteen. Now, I don't even know which way to start with where I want to go because this is going to burst apart in the flames, people. So just settle down because in the words of Marvin the Martian, this means water. So I'll save the best for last. I'll save the best for last. First and foremost, this one is going to get personal for me, um, the Oregon situation. Now, I am. you guys know me at Sports City. I'm a diehard resident Miami Hurricane fan. The potential of Manny Diaz and him not staying with the university is looking like they're getting ready to move on from after they already got rid of the athletic director. Uh, the offensive coordinator, Rhett Lashley, is taking the job in SMU, and it's just looking like the parallel of Manny Diaz leaving too because he's not done well since he's been a head coach with Miami, looking like he's out the door. Mario Cristobal has been with the organization before, and they are already pegging a lot of questions or peaking interest of him coming back to Miami in which they're saying that he's getting a can't miss deal with Miami and Oregon trying to throw him that type of deal too, but he hasn't even signed while he's with Oregon. So it's already looking like he's trying to come back to Miami. I am the one that's like, I don't want him in Miami because he has a loss in him every season. It's something about them being in Oregon that they'll play well and they'll lose a game that they shouldn't be losing and then it takes them right out of the, the interest of things, right? Which I feel like that could help raise Miami. And then for him to lose to Utah earlier this season real bad, they got blown out heavily, and to come right back around to a Pac-12 championship game where you could redeem yourself, make this thing look better, you being a top-10 team, depending on how big you could have won this game, you could have probably pushed – I don't know how high they would have pushed you being a committee – you guys get blown out again by Utah. It's like Crystal Ball. What did you see? I, I don't. I don't want that. And like that, especially in the Pac-12. 
The Pac-12 don't play defense. Look, look at this. They gave up 38 points. I, 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 I don't know. Like Utah is good. They're 17th ranked though. Like, and that that had to happen like at the duration of the end of the season. Like, I'm not looking at them as them being a top 10 team in college football, and they pounded them out. Um, Oregon has their issues, and and it's bad. I really think Crystal Ball should stay there and try to turn that thing around. I don't think he's a national championship type of coach, and I know that Miami is just all gung-ho on bringing him in there um, to turn it around because he has, like, lineage with universities. Like, I feel like Miami needs to go after a person that doesn't have that type of baggage and try to help run the ship and, and turn the thing around. And they got so many different avenues they can go down, but they don't. They're trying to take the easy way out and not working for the hire. So, um this situation around Oregon bothers me, especially the way that he's closing this thing out. Because if he brings that or around Miami, it's like you can only imagine how long it works until they're looking for another head coach. I don't think Miami deserves to be in that situation, but we will see. The second situation I want to get to is the the Michigan game up against Iowa, in which Michigan wins this game forty-two to three. The crazy part about the situation is I feel the same way about Iowa in which Iowa always has that shock value season. They'll have a season where they're 9-3 and three or 10-2 and two or 11-1, and one, and they'll run the table all the way to November and lose a game. And it's like their hype around them, it just bothers me more than ever watching Iowa try to play this. And they went into a Big Ten championship where there's probably more teams that could have deserved to have been there, but they can't just due to how the divisions are within the conference. And they get slaughtered this bad. Now, I get it. Michigan is running off an extreme high and knocking off Ohio State, which I give them a ton of credit from getting underneath that streak. From underneath that streak is, is something else. But at least show some type of fight in which you guys had the ball time after time and still could not answer the bell to score again and and just play football just to play football. You guys scored a field goal in the first quarter and couldn't score again in a neutral location. I'm I'm not buying Iowa football at all. Harbaugh, I'm giving you some credit right now, but now this is where the ball starts, Cinderella. Let's see if those glass slippers can stay on you while the top four are around you. There's no more Ohio State. It's not Kansas anymore. You will be seeing the likes of Alabama, uh, Cincy, uh, yourself included. It depends on what the committee's going to do. I, I think more than likely Georgia should be there. I'll see how that hangs around, right? The next situation I'm going to get to also is Cincinnati going up against Houston in their matchup up in the Athletic Conference Championship. Cincinnati, I've been rooting for you all this while. Uh, You did as much as you can scoring-wise. Houston hung around. They did cover the spread, but I don't know how the committee will view it. I don't like the way that they're low-balling them. They may end up leaving you guys at the fourth seat again, and I don't respect the committee for doing that. Um, But they they will, and I see the grounds of it because you guys have to start blowing these teams out because Houston may be a top 25-ranked team. But I don't think they're going to call them a quality team being a committee. So that's something that I'm also looking at. Like, like the committee, it it depends on how they look at it, and it and it's bothersome how I, you we don't know how they're judging. I, I want to like see the book that they go off of, other than just strength of schedule and teams that they're playing at the time, things of that nature. Like I, I want to just really see the guidelines. The next one before I get to the the best of the Mohicans out of the situation is Baylor knocking off Oklahoma State. People, if you did not watch this game, Baylor had this lead. Um, Sanders looked bad. He threw four picks 
one of the picks, I give him credit. The receiver was trying to make a, a move to get to the post route. The, the corner holds him. He gets picked off, and the guy returns it to, like, the 10th, so I give him that. But in which Oklahoma State fights their tail off defensively, gets the ball back. They get the drive all the way to the one-yard line, first down, and need a touchdown to win and can't score the ball, in which it bothers me because you have a lot of uh, teams that have playbooks and they're going to run play after play at the teeth of the defense. Set it up where a fullback is going to be able to pick up a first defender and let him work off of that. They'll run a shotgun and hand it to a guy up the middle to just try to do as much damage as he can, and he's getting stuck. First down, second down, third down. The fourth down play, they're in shotgun. He hands the ball up to him to beat everybody to the edge, and he has the step. He just jumps from, like, the three and doesn't get to the pylon or the goal line. Like, that that's the way that you guys made your bet to lose the Big 12 championship and possibly the right to be a top six seed or, or remain as a top six seed uh, for the, the playoff situation. So, uh, Mike Gundy, I, I'm shaking my head at you, especially the way that that went down. Baylor, I give you guys a ton of credit for actually surviving that storm and doing much while a lot of people, including myself, I thought Oklahoma State should have won that game, especially the way that the ending was going, and it did not pan out that way. Again, the uh, you have the situation around the ACC Pittsburgh won their game by a blowout up against Wake Forest, 45 to 21. But like I said, I'm going to save the la- the best for last and get everybody involved in here. Um, I don't even know which way I start with these two teams. Um, well, let me just say it. Georgia loses their undefeated season to Alabama. Alabama wins this game, as I said before, 41 to 24. Um, I hate to say this, and everybody loves to say the SEC is the best conference in college football. I could agree or disagree. I, I could argue with that all day long. I love it. Nick Saban runs that conference. That conference is nothing. That conference is nothing. They play good football. They see Nick Saban, they'll fall. It, it looks like he's walking in front of another national championship unless somebody stops him right now. Georgia has a situation where everything is going fine except the quarterback position. Uh, Stetson Bennett had some plays in the game, but after a while he just started four-speeding Brock Bowers and he couldn't go to anybody else. He was security blanketed all day long going to a tight end. If Alabama was good in the past defense situation, that game would have been over early. That was the only thing that saved Georgia to make this an interesting game, and they still lost by three possessions in the state of Georgia. And in which of me saying that, Nick Saban in the city of Atlanta, he has won, or Alabama, including how we look at this, has won 16 straight games in the city of Atlanta. The last time they lost was in 2008 during the SEC championship. Alabama is running the state of Georgia where Georgia was undefeated and everything was in line for them to win the game, and they still lost to Nicholas Saban. I, I, I can't, I'm, I'm bothered on how they say SEC this, SEC that, and they are still under the thumb of the tide, period. I mean, there's one escapee in LSU in 2019. The rest of you guys are just basically looking at Megatron and the Transformers, like, like period. You need Optimus Prime and everybody else to fight this. Otherwise, he owns that conference, period. I, I, I don't like it. So let me get these guys involved because I want them to get here. 
Uh, Eric, we do have Mike in the building. Mike, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? Well, good, good. Getting started. You know, uh, I feel like Alabama right now with what Nick Saban has put together would be like that in about any conference, I'll be honest with you. Uh, uh, A couple things that jump out to me. In the 30 years of the SEC championship game, the underdog has only won five times. Three of those five times, the head coach on the side of the underdog was Nicholas Saban. Uh, Yesterday, then in 2009, after Florida was coming off that national championship, Florida was ranked number one. Alabama, too, and Alabama blew out Tim Tebow and Urban Meyer. That's what Urban Meyer had to get out of. That's, that's what ran him away from uh, from Florida, the way he got beat that day. And then once with LSU, they were underdogs to Tennessee in 2001. So Nick Saban has been at the helm of three of those five underdog victories. And I'll be curious to see uh, what – Georgia does, because I think we're going to have Alabama, Cincinnati, Georgia, Michigan. I'll be curious to see, you know, what these teams do and how these teams match up because we'll get get those bowl games, and it should be be slanted towards the Big Ten, to be honest with you, when the SEC and Big Ten meet. And those are the bowl games this year when your top two teams are going to go to the playoffs versus the Big Ten just having one in there. Um, I did... Baylor, this is their first time ever winning the Big 12 since they joined that conference, so a big win for them. You know, Time, you and I have talked about a couple of times how sometimes at the end of the game it's no, uh, I got it, you take it kind of thing. It's almost like neither one of them wanted to close it out and win the ball game. Baylor with those sloppy turnovers in the second half just continued to let them get back in the game. But when it came down to it, they had the goal line stand to to pull it out. And then this year, those early season or out-of-conference teams matter because I think Cincinnati's definitely going to get in. But the only reason why they're going to get in is because they're the one loss that Notre Dame has. If Notre Dame had lost to Pittsburgh or Purdue or even somebody else and still had one loss, if that loss wasn't to Cincinnati, I believe Notre Dame would have gotten in over Cincinnati. So uh, Cincinnati can, you know, count themselves blessed that they did play Notre Dame this year because that's what's going to line it up for them to get in the playoffs, I believe. So, uh, you know, a very interesting uh, day of college football. Real quick, uh, Iowa backed into that game. They needed a – they needed a Wisconsin loss to Minnesota to be able to get in. And, listen, everything was set up for Iowa this year. They went 10-2. and two, They had a good season. But everything was set up for them because they played that, that Western division. I think that's called the Legends division. I don't remember which one's called Leaders and which one's called Legends. But they're East and West. Uh, that Western division in the Big Ten is weak, 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 right? And they still lost to Purdue and Wisconsin. The only thing, team they had to play in the East was Penn State. Now, Penn State's got this reputation, but if you look at it, what did Penn State go this year? Times 7-5? and five? I mean, maybe 8-4, and four, but I think they finished 7-5. and five. So, Iowa 
that's the only tough team that they played in the Big Ten. They got this year's schedule allowed them to miss Ohio State, Michigan State, Michigan. They didn't have to play any of those other tough teams in the Big Ten. So the schedule was – this was the ideal schedule for Iowa to see how much noise they could make. It got them to the Big Ten title game. Uh, You know, they lost a couple games that they weren't favored in. Everything was kind of set up for them. And then Michigan exposed them like I was expecting them to do to show you that Iowa is just not not one of those teams. So um, always enjoy uh, Championship Saturday and – seeing what happens there. So, uh, you know, and then Utah, man. Shout out to the Utah Utes making their first ever uh, Rose Bowl and winning the Pac-12 for the first time. They've only been in that conference for, you know, less than 10 years. But shout out to them finding a way to win that conference. Um, but I think that they're going to be in for a rude awakening when they draw Ohio State. As long as Ohio State shows up and is ready to play. Okay, Eric, your thoughts on the games that were mentioned, uh, especially the way that Alabama dismantled Georgia, uh, Michigan winning their game by blowout up against Iowa, um, how you feel like the committee will handle the Cincinnati situation. Uh, again, I, like I said, I was puzzled by the Oklahoma State game. I, I, I mean, I, I'm hurt by the way that that game ended. I, or, or if a game that I may have missed, it, unless you want to allude to the Pittsburgh-Wake Forest situation, I'm an ACC guy, so I can get into that as well. Kenny Pickett shine as best as possible, but are uh, the games that you like to talk about? Here. Uh, I just want to touch on Cincinnati really quick. Uh, it's, I look forward to seeing them in the uh, play one of these big teams, you know, Alabama, Georgia, or Michigan. Uh, it's going to be exciting to see how they fare against them. And uh, I'm not sold on Michigan at all. Um, all teams are going to have to do. They're going to have to shut down Hassan Haskins. If they do that, Michigan's going to have a long day because Cade McNamara is mediocre at best, gentlemen. So, um, you know, if you can slow down their running game, uh, you know, you can uh, exploit them big time. So they do have a pretty decent defense, not going to take nothing away from them. But Iowa is, you know, this is what happens to Iowa when they play quality teams. So, uh, Mike just allude on that, so that's that's kind of what happens. Uh, you know, I was shocked that it was 42 to three, but nonetheless, it, it was expected for them to lose. And then Alabama, Bryce Young, what a showing against that top, uh, you know, Georgia defense. So uh, they did really good. Um, you know, and me and my buddy were talking during this game. Um, Bryce Young, you know, Heisman Trophy winner, and uh, potentially going number one pick. So. That, that could be good for you, Timeless. So if, if I'm the Lions, I'm not passing up that opportunity. But, uh, you know, great games nonetheless. That Oklahoma State, heartbreaking, came down to the last play just short. So, But, uh, you know, I, I don't think Oklahoma should have ever been in that position. Uh, they should have won that game pretty handedly. But, you know, hats off to Baylor. I don't think Bryce Young is going to uh... – the league, I think I think he'll probably stay in college. I don't think he's a one and done player. I, I don't I don't feel that's what the Lions are chasing anyway. I think they're looking for a, a taller quarterback. If they're sticking with Goff, I mean, they they got to go for a big quality quarterback. I I don't know if Bryce Young is ready for the league right now. Uh, even though he had a, a good day up against Georgia, I, I feel like there's probably more work in him. Probably like another year or two um, to be with Nick Saban. They feel like he's ready. I feel like he's still raw. 
uh, to say the, the least bit. Um, but again, like a lot of these games that went down, I, I have my questions and, and and things of that nature. Um, again, for them to win this matchup and and, and and Kirby Smart, uh, his situation of, of taking points off the board and not uh, kicking a field goal where Alabama ended up stuffing them uh, on a fourth down call, that's something that could end up costing them too. They ended up losing by uh, 17 after, you know, another possession that could have saved them. But I don't know if that was enough to, to get them by. Um, Georgia has not really had a quality quarterback since, like, the Stafford and Shockley days, to be brutally honest. Like, they've had quarterbacks coming there and guide the ship as best as possible. I mean, Jake Fromm, maybe. I might give him a little leg up. But after that, it's like they're not really shaking the tree at the quarterback position. And they're going to need that playing in this, this playoff. And I, I, I actually want to be fair to them. I hope the committee does not move them out of the top four because then it will be all for not that they ran a table this good and the defense was doing as much damage as they can to lose to Alabama. And knowing Alabama is just a buzzsaw, they're giving them something to look forward to. Um, just like you said with Cincinnati, I, I want to see Cincinnati win. I want to see them get out of that first game, even though their first game is more than likely going to end up being Alabama because I think the committee may end up putting Alabama at number one over Michigan unless they really just say Michigan's the number one overall best team in college. But I don't think so. If they do that, then I'm, I'm going to say they're overrated. Um, but we'll see how the committee does it. I don't even think they, they're going to move them that far, even though I feel like Cincinnati should move because they're watching everybody leapfrog them. But due to the, the place of their conference and the, their scheduling, I, I see where they're going to go. But it, it's unfortunate that they're running the table as best as they possibly can. So we'll see. We just got to hold our breath to say the least bit. Yeah, Mike, I did hear you before I move into the NFL. Thank you, man. Uh, real quick, shout out to Bryce Young. Know, I mean, listen, I feel like this was the year to get Alabama as they lost, you know, eight of their top guys in the top 38 picks in the draft last year. He got transitioned into quarterback position. Bryce Young was very highly touted coming out. And listen, he's starting to settle in. He's still technically a freshman. Uh, he's starting to, to settle in. He's starting to uh, make big time throws down the field. He's starting to figure out when the best thing to do is to just use his legs and get positive yards to keep those chains moving at a time machine. I talked about that yesterday. Uh, so he he's starting to find that dynamic. You know, you you can clearly see why he was a five star recruit coming out. And to me, that was one of the biggest differences in that game yesterday was that. Alabama just had a much more superior trigger man. They had a plan together. They made that Georgia defense look pedestrian. Uh, and, and that Georgia defense has been so much bragging about them all year because they only gave up, you know, less than seven points a game. But you got that kind of trigger man. And then they even lost their best receiver and were still able to, in the second half, and were still able to because you can't run with Jamison Williams. That guy's really fast. He gets a step. It's over. I mean, that that guy has, like, I want to say something like 10 or 12 plays this year that went 50 yards or longer, and, like, at least five, four or five touchdowns that were 75 or more this year. Uh, that guy's got elite track speed, and, and Bryce Young's got the arm to find him. Uh, you know, when everything was set up for Georgia to kind of try to get back in the game, you had the the, the interception by Bennett on one drive and then a, Two possessions later, he had the pick six. 
So, uh, you know, it, it just made a difference in the trigger, man. You saw Bryce Young grow up, and I think Alabama is going to be hard to handle come playoff time. I expect Alabama to be a little bit uh, better even next year than they were this year. I know they were timed in this very space. You know, uh, Eric talked about not being that impressed with Alabama. Uh, they they kind of had to, you know, eat a couple things out, and they had that one loss. But Alabama looked like a completely different team. They looked like the Alabama that we have uh, come to know and, in my opinion, hate, but some people love. Uh, <laughs> but yesterday they looked like they, they really started to get into uh, – into you know peak form right now, and that's that's not surprising of a of a Nick Saban coach too. But shout out to Bryce Young, he really is growing up. And then my last shout out, really quickly on the college football side, is to the Ohio State fans that patted themselves on the back for so long because of how long they were able to win over Michigan. Michigan breaks the strength, so not only does Ohio State have to swallow that bitter pill or finally dropping a game to the Wolverines. Now, Ohio State, who has basically been, with the exception of Michigan State one year, they've basically been the, the Big Ten loan representative when it comes to the playoffs. And so now not only do they not get to go, they have to sit back and watch Michigan in the playoffs. So uh, shout out to Buckeye fans. Okay, is there anything else that you'd like to hit on before we get to the week, is it 13, week 13 NFL picks? Nah, I think we're good. Let's get it. Yeah, just looking forward to seeing the bowl schedule come out tonight. We'll have a lot to break down over the next next few weeks. Shout out to the crazy coaching carousel that has been uh, been college football. It hasn't quite stopped spinning yet. So, uh, you know, once we get the bowl lineups and then as that continues to move forward, we still definitely have uh, have some stories there to see how that unfolds. It's kind of a crazy issue. Okay, so we are at week 13, like I just mentioned. Um, the caller number is 929 uh, there was a game Thursday night in which the Dallas Cowboys beat the New Orleans Saints 27-17, to in which somebody said, oh, well, you want to see how I can give you the ball? Well, hold my bear. Wait, I'm going to show you. Wait, watch this. I'm going to give you the ball. And, and this just looked so terrible between Dak Prescott and Taysom Hill, how that game went down. And, and unfortunately, Dallas started to put it together late to keep the uh, the two-possession distance. Um, I feel bad for the Saints right now because of the injuries that they're having and people not in the roster. I feel like the Saints record could be better at this point. But I'm going to get to the it, remaining games of the week and see how you guys get busy on this. Jason Hill just oh, wait, wait, another interception timeless. I, 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 I don't get it. Like, why would you start Simeon – and then sit him down and then put Taysom Hill in there, and you weren't confident in him at the quarterback position. It's like, were you going to scramble all day? And he actually had a good day running the ball, but he's not – I'm not looking at him as the quality thrower when the game is on the line. So, like, you haven't even given him that just due to do that in a game where you could have actually upset the Cowboys. Like, I, I don't know what Sean Payton was doing at that point in time. That, that's something I'm struggling with. Okay. 
Um, the first game I'm going to go to, Eric, I'm going to come to you first. We have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers going into the Mercedes-Benz Stadium up against the Atlanta Falcons. Who do you like and why? Oh, this is an easy one, Timeless. Uh, of course, Tom Brady and company. Uh, Leonard Fournier has been playing out of his mind lately, and I look for him to have another big game today against that Atlanta defense. Mike, who do you like in this matchup in which we just received the information that Antonio Brown is suspended, but should that be a big dent in the situation, Buccaneers, Falcons, in, in Atlanta? No, that's not a big dent. Uh, still too many weapons. Um, Atlanta it just doesn't have the the pieces. You know, as, as slow as they started, they were kind of able to rally a little bit, get to four and six. I, I didn't know that this team would even win four or five games at the beginning of the year. But they ain't got enough for uh, – they don't have enough for Tampa. I don't care where they play. Okay. I agree. I'm going Tampa Bay, too. Um, the spread is ten and a half to make it interesting. I think Atlanta's going to keep it close, though. But I think Tampa will still win the game, but that ten and a half is questionable. That half is, is something funny about it. The next matchup I have is the Cardinals going to Chicago, in which Justin Fields is out again. Andy Dalton is the quarterback in this matchup. Who do you guys like and why? I'll start with you first on this mic. So I read again last night that Kyler Murray is questionable but is likely to start today. I think if Kyler Murray starts, I think the Cardinals have enough to win the game. If Kyler Murray does not start and it's the battle of the backups, I can't believe I'm going to say this in a battle between two quarterbacks, but I like Andy Dalton over <laughs> Uh, whoever Arizona puts a quarterback. But I think the Cardinals win as long as Kyler Murray plays. Okay. Eric, how about you? Who do you like in this matchup, Arizona or Chicago? Uh, I'm going with Arizona in this one either way. Um, You know, Colt McCoy had a great game last week against the Seahawks, 328 yards, touchdowns, no interceptions. Uh, and Andy Dalton is just way too inconsistent. So, and uh, is do they get Khalil Mack back today, or is he still injured? No, he's out for the season. Khalil's done. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, you know that. Yeah, I, I, I like Arizona either way. That that's a huge blow to that uh, Chicago Bears defense. You know, he's been an anchor all year long and a and a leader. So uh, it's going to be a problem. I think Chicago's on the downside. I agree with Eric. I was going to say the same thing. Uh, I I don't respect Andy Dalton any longer. He almost lost that game up against the Lions. If the Lions didn't have Jared Goff as the quarterback, they'd have won the game. And they, they gave Dalton a shot with one point on. They had a one point lead, and he won the game by just basically getting them in field goal position and winning that way. Like Andy Dalton is not the guy. I, I really feel Arizona should cruise. I feel Colt McCoy is a better quarterback, even though Colt McCoy spent some time in the league also. But well, how dynamic of a team the Cardinals are and doing this like with no names, like like D-Hop and Tyler aren't the guys leading these last couple of games, and they're still the best team in the NFC until proven otherwise. I'm going with Arizona, but that 7.5 looks funny. 
and it's a cold environment too. So I don't know if they win by more than seven and a half, but I'm still going Cardinals in this matchup. The next matchup I have are the Chargers going to Cincinnati up against the Bengals. This is a very interesting game with young quarterback versus young quarterback. You got Herbert up against Burrow. I am going to go with Burrow because the Chargers are taking the turn. Like they, they started off hot. They are not hot any longer. They're looking like the team that can get picked on. I'm going with Cincinnati to win this game to keep this discussion storm in the AFC North. I'll come to you next on this one, Mike. Your thoughts, Chargers or Bengals? You know, uh, so full disclosure, you know, as you fans, I I like Joe Burrow a lot. I appreciate everything he's done for you know he did for for my school. Uh, you know, he got another Tiger, Louisiana boy, is uh, the guy that's emerging as his number one receiver in Jamar Chase. And I've said many times this year that Cincinnati has trouble sort of swallowing success. You think about, like, they when they beat the Ravens, they came back and didn't play well the next couple of weeks. Uh, but I think Cincinnati is going to learn from that. I, I think they're going to find a way to win today against the Chargers. This is a very, very interesting game, though. It wouldn't surprise me either way. And I think it's definitely going to be one of the more exciting games in this 1 o'clock window. But I think Cincinnati wins at home. Eric, who do you like in this matchup, Chargers or Bengals? Uh, I like the Bengals in this one. I think that was a statement win last week for the Bengals. And uh, we'll see how they handle it going forward. But I think – the Bengals are turning the corner and they're they're you know adapting into a winning culture so to speak. Uh, Joe Mixon has been playing great, and I think he's going to torch that Chargers defense who has been all inconsistent all year long, especially against the run. They're going to have their hands full. Watch the Chargers win since we all picked the uh, Bengals, but I think it's going to The next matchup I have are the Vikings going to Detroit up against the Lions. I'll come to you first on this one, Eric. Your thoughts on this matchup? A hot and interesting Kirk Cousins. I can't believe that I'm saying this. He only has two interceptions on the season. He is being careful with the ball. Who do you like in this matchup, Vikings or Lions? Uh, Yeah, I like the Vikings in this one. I think they're going to rebound after that loss to San Francisco. Uh, Kirk Cousins has been playing pretty good football, definitely taking care of the ball. And uh, with Jefferson over there and uh, Dalvin Cook, I, I think he, Dalvin Cook's injured this week, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah, so uh, they're going to have to rely on that uh, connection from uh, Cousins to Jefferson a lot more. And uh, I, I still think they they get it done today, gentlemen. Okay, Mike, how about you, Vikings or Lions? Um, I, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with the Vikings as well. I think that, especially when you look at the game that he had a couple of weeks ago against Green Bay, we we all knew he was going to be good. Some people are looking at some drop-off this year. Justin Jefferson is a legit number one receiver in this league, even in just his second year. Uh, he's even throwing a lot of doubles and finding a way to still get off and get the football. And so I think that, that connection is going to be a little bit too much for the Lions today. I agree. Y'all going to have to prove it to me, man. Jared Goff, you're going to have to prove that you're a good quarterback. You are not a good quarterback. Uh, DeAndre Swift is out. 
Uh, Jamal Williams will have to tote the rock all day long. Um, the crazy part about Williams is that he's the stronger running back that I think should be starting games. For some odd reason, they go with Swift now, and he's more the scab back. They are already pegging Dan Campbell out of there, and it's interesting that they already wanted to continue to keep him here to try to see if he could get a win. What would one fifteen and one do to help him stay there? That that was a, that, that's showing you that's a bad hire. He doesn't know what he's doing. The offensive coordinator and Anthony Lynn struggled while he was with the Chargers. They gave him the playbook to run the plays, and they took the playbook out of his hands. It is so much disarray going around the line. It's more than just the, the players or the talent that they have on the field. It's the management. It's the ownership. It's the coaching. It's a lot there that they, they won't try to fix. They're, they're content with the way that this is going down. This is an easy Minnesota win. They don't even have a corner that could cover Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson went crazy the last time that this game went down. Uh, I, 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 for the one of the two picks, and this is the crazy part, one of the two interceptions that Kirk Cousins threw this season was against the Lions. I think that might have been his last two. So you already know that that's on his mind, that I, I had an interception, and I'm going to probably try to do the best that I can up against him. And he's a Michigan product. He's from Michigan. So, Go figure. I'm, I'm going to go with Kirk Cousins in that matchup. The next one we have are the New York Giants going up against the Miami Dolphins. This is a very interesting matchup because both of these teams are sitting with identical record, well, identical losses at the time. The Giants are four and seven. The Dolphins are five and seven. I will go first on this one. As much as I want to say the Giants, I'm going to go to Dolphins. Danny Dimes is not playing. They have Glennon starting. I, I think this is a Dolphin win. Hopefully they could must up a good amount of points. The Dolphins are favored by close to a touchdown, six and a half. I'll come to you next on this one. Eric, your thoughts on this one? Giants or Dolphins in Miami? I like the Dolphins in this one as well. I think Tua's starting to play a little bit better. Um, you know, him and uh, Gaskins are playing great together. Uh, I look for this Miami team to keep rolling and stay on this win streak. Uh, Jalen Waddle's also emerging, so... Uh, and they also have Jaseki you can't forget about. So uh, I think they uh, they have way too many weapons for the Giants to handle today. Okay, Mike, how about you? How do you feel? Giants or Dolphins in Florida? So shout-out to the Giants for proving me wrong last week, uh, getting that win over Philly and, and really making Jalen Hurts look very subpar a week ago. Uh, but new week, new game. Uh, you know, I told you guys I was I was wrong about both of these teams last week. I thought Cam would uh, do Cam Newton things, and he did. He just did Cam Newton things of late, not Cam Newton things of old. Uh, when they matched up with the Panthers last week, so I'm going to go with the Dolphins at home. I just, you know, for the reasons Eric mentioned, a little bit better weapons, and I, I just think they have a little bit too much uh, too much to bring to the fight. So. I'm going to say the Dolphins win today. Uh, but Dolphins fans, don't get your hopes up because I've been wrong about your team all year. The next matchup we have are the Philadelphia Eagles up against the New York Jets in MetLife Stadium. Mike, I'll come to you first on this one. Your thoughts, Eagles or Jets? The Eagles had bad luck last weekend against that, uh, that the first team from New York getting beat by the Giants. I don't think it happens again. I think the Eagles do beat the Jets today. And uh, and they ground those Jets and leave them stuck at the gate. And the Eagles fly, not the Jets. 
yesterday. I will go Eagles as well. Eric, who do you like in this one, Philadelphia or the Jets? Uh, I also like the Eagles in this one. I look for Jalen Hurts to rebound from that uh, bad performance he had last week, and and the Eagles will fly definitely today. Okay, so we're going there to the next one. We have the Indianapolis Colts up against the Houston Texans. This place, this takes place in the state of Texas. Uh, I'll go first on this one. I'm going Colts, even though it's a very interesting one. With a 10-point spread, I'll make it fun to the Texans cover. I think the Texans will keep this close, even though that 10 looks very enticing. I think the Texans keep it close, but the Colts will still win this game. Um, Eric, your thoughts on this matchup, Colts or Texans in Houston? Uh, I like the Colts as well. I look for Jonathan Taylor and T.Y. Hilton. Both have big games today in the Colts' role. Mike, how about you, Indianapolis or Houston? Very interesting because I think the the Colts could have beaten Tampa Bay last week. They played, they got in the fourth quarter and forgot they had a man named Jonathan Taylor on the field and kind of stopped feeding him the football. Uh, I don't think that happens today. I think Jonathan Taylor is a little bit too much for this defense to handle, and so I think the Colts win today. Okay, well, we're starting off with the 4 o'clock. We're getting through these games pretty fairly fast, too. The Washington football team is on the road in Las Vegas up against the Raiders. The Raiders are favored by a point and a half. Um, Eric, I'll come to you first on this one. Football team or the Raiders? Uh, I'm going with the football team here, gentlemen. They've been playing inspiring football as of late. Taylor Henneke is emerging as a pretty decent quarterback in this league. Um, you know, Antonio Gibson has been, you know, good all year. Uh, Terry, you know, Scary Terry needs no introduction. DeAndre Carter's also been playing good for a weapon, nice little weapon for Henneke. And I look for Washington to continue their winning streak today against the Raiders. Okay, Mike, how about you, the football team, or the Raiders? Who do you like and why? You know, the Raiders have been very up and down. That was a good win on Thanksgiving for them against the Cowboys. Cowboys kind of had to give it to them, but uh, the Raiders were able to pull that out. Um, they're at home today, I think, uh, which kind of leads the advantage to them. But I'm actually going to go with uh, I'm actually going to go with Easy E over there, and I'm going to say the football team finds a way to win. I am going against the grain. I am going to go with the Raiders to win this game at home and stop the streaking football team. Um, they Just to keep it interesting in the AFC West, I think the Raiders have to turn this thing around as bad as they started sliding with everything that happened to their organization. Um, the next matchup we have are the Jaguars up against the Rams. I, I got to be fair. I'll go around the room. Um, I'll start off first. I think the Rams cruise, even including the 13-point spread. I think the Rams cover the 13. Um, Eric, I'll come to you on this one. Jaguars or Rams, who do you like and why? Uh, yeah, this is kind of a, a must-win for the Rams uh, type situation here. They've been on this big uh, three-game losing streak, so they need to get it together and get back in the win column. 
and I think they do against the Jaguars. The Jaguars just, you know, on offensively can't play consistent. Their defense has been keeping them in games all year long, but, you know, we need some more out of Trevor Lawrence, so he needs to start showing uh, that, you know, he can compete in this league. Okay, Mike, how about you? Who do you like in this game and why, the Jaguars or the Rams? Well, you remember in the in the movie Vice, uh, can't get right, and uh, but I think the Rams can get right today, and they will against Jacksonville. Okay, and like I said, I, I feel like that's better than Jeopardy. The next matchup we have black and blue division rivalry. We have the Baltimore Ravens up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, and the time has come, people. Ben Roethlisberger stated he will be retiring at the end of this season. So this makes it even more heavier of a situation if the Steelers can start running the table, um, in which I don't believe it. I'll go first. I'll go Ravens win this matchup. Um, the spread is four. Lamar had to turn it around. The, last, the game he had last week was terrible up against the Browns. Um, hopefully he makes it look better than what he did up against Cleveland. I'm, I'm going with the old Cleveland Browns, the Baltimore Ravens. Um, Eric, how about you? How do you feel about this game? Ravens are still in Pittsburgh. Uh, I look for the Ravens to win, too, in this game. And I also uh, see that Lamar Jackson is going to have a better game. That was his first game back. And the Ravens would have cruised if he didn't turn the ball over four times in that game. So I, I look for Lamar Jackson to get back on track and the Ravens uh, to take over the North. Mike, how about you? How do you feel about this? Uh, who do you like in this matchup, Ravens or Steelers? I think Lamar bounces back. I think the uh, I think the Ravens get it done today. Okay, the next matchup we have are the San Francisco 49ers up against the Seattle Seahawks. Mike, I'll go to you first. Who do you like in this matchup, Niners or Seahawks in Seattle? Uh, it'd be really tempting to take the Seahawks being at home. I think the Niners have figured some things out and are playing some really good football right now. And so the eye test, the eye test tells me that Right now, the Niners are playing better, and uh, so I'm going to go with the San Francisco 49ers today. Okay, I am also going – this is so tough. I'm going with the Niners as well. I just feel bad because Debo Samuel is not there. Oh, my goodness. He's been the one exploding his offense, and he's out, though. But I, I, I feel comfortable with the, the, the Niners with this pick. Uh, the Seahawks defense is absolutely terrible. They 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 don't look like they're ready to play ball anymore. I I, I gotta go 49ers. I think they've already packed it up. Uh, Eric, your boys or the Seahawks? Who do you like and why? Uh, yeah, I like the Niners in this one. Even with Debo Samuel being out, you know they still have Elijah Mitchell, who's been playing great football in his rookie season. Brandon Ayuk, uh, Jawan Jennings has been emerging as a nice target for Jimmy Garoppolo. And, of course, they have Kittle, and their defense has been playing lights out. And uh, Russell Wilson does not look like the Russell Wilson we are accustomed to this year. Uh, you know, they can't get anything going. They, they, can't, they don't have an identity. So I, I think uh, 
the Pete Carroll era is coming to an end because this team has been playing lackluster football all year long. Okay, so we will go right into the next one to round out Sunday night football. The Denver Broncos up against the Kansas City Chiefs. The spread is eight and a half in Arrowhead. Um, Eric, I'll come right back to you. Who do you like in this matchup and why? Uh, I'm going uh, with the Broncos in this one, gentlemen. It's a tough division game. Uh, You know, Kansas City's defense is going to have to prove more to me. Um, If they get the win this week, then I'll be more sold on Kansas City turning the corner. But uh, Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams, I think they're going to have big games. And, uh, you know, of course, Tim Patrick and Judge Judy are out there. And I I think uh, the Broncos have what it takes to get that win tonight in Arrowhead. Okay, how about you on this one, Mike? Who do you like, Broncos or Chiefs, and why? I like the Chiefs, man. I think that they've started to kind of find their rhythm a little bit. Uh, Mahomes is playing a little bit better. They're uh, they're scoring a little bit more consistently, and so I think, especially at home, uh, in general, that's a tough place for people to go play. And so I think Chiefs win on Sunday night against the Denver Broncos. Yeah, I agree. I'm going with the Chiefs. I, I think with the spread, the eight and a half, I feel like the Chiefs should take care of this, knowing that this is a division rivalry. The Broncos have not played well like they have, I guess, it's the Dallas game. The Dallas game, they came out and played pretty impressive. But outside of that, I, I don't feel like they could go up in here and put up a storm of, let's just say, 27 to make this an interesting game, unless their defense really stands stout and slows down Hill, Kelsey, and company. I'm going with the Chiefs to win this game soundly and win by two possessions. Um, we have the Monday night game left, the Patriots and Bills, to see how you guys feel about these, this matchup, who do you guys like and why. Uh, Mike, I'll come to you first on this one. Yeah, this is the one game I didn't want to be called out first, but I'll answer for sure. Uh, you know, I've gone back and forth on this game a lot this week. Um, I like what? I saw flashes of Mac Jones early in the year, even before they really opened the playbook. Um, I thought he even played well in the loss to the Saints. Uh, I think that Josh Allen has kind of been up and down. Uh, He's obviously not going to replicate the season that he had a year ago. And I still think the more times you allow Belichick's game plan for a guy, the more he's going to make it harder on him. And so – I'm just going to say the Bills won the division one year, right? Like, and that's it so far. Uh, the Patriots have won that division like 30 of the last 31 years. Okay, so I'm exaggerating, but you get my point. And so, to me, Buffalo, you got to prove it to me. Uh, you got you got to prove it to me and beat this beat Belichick and slay the giant that is the Patriots who – you know, quietly right now, they're not even peeking over your shoulder anymore. You're looking up at them in the standings in this division. And so, as of right now, uh, as much as I hate to say it, I'm going to go with uh, the Patriots and Mike Ken Jones and Bill Belichick and that defense to get it done against the Buffalo Bills on Monday night. Okay, Eric, how about you? Monday night matchup, division rivalry, everything on the line, too. They both are fighting for first place. 
if the Patriots win, they're outright in first. The Bills get this. They have the tiebreaker, and they end up meeting up in the next two weeks as well. Who do you like, Patriots or Bills in Buffalo on Monday night? Uh, I like Bill Belichick and the Patriots here. And, what you know, I know you're not going to replicate seasons. It's hard to do that in the NFL. But what really stands out to me with the Buffalo Bills, how they got scraped at home by the Indianapolis Colts. And they're going up against a really good football team, a lot better than the Colts today. Uh, Mac Jones has been playing great football all year long. Kendrick Bourne has emerged as one of his top targets in that defense. So uh, I look for uh, Josh Allen is going to have a problem today. Um, he's going to have to deal with Juwan Bentley, Michael Uden, Keith Van Noy. And, of course, of course he's going to have to watch out for McCordy out there. I think the Patriots are going to win convincingly today. Wow, I guess I'm the only one going against the grain in this one. I am going to go Bills at home Monday night. If I'm going to say this, and I'm saying this right here, right now, Sports City, I'm starting a war. I don't care how people look at it. I'm going to start it. Josh Allen loses this game. Mac Jones is a better quarterback than Josh Allen. I'm saying it right here, right now, period. There's nothing else you can tell me. If he loses this game... At home, the division is on the line. And just like Mike just said, they've watched the Patriots dominate this division for at least the last 20 years. Let me say it right. The last 21 years, I think there's been like four, maybe five teams that have won uh, the division differently than the Patriots. You guys have to break this chain consistently. It can't just be one year that Buffalo won it last year. You guys are stronger in this season and can't do anything to stop the gun. Like, no. You, I will not give you the leg up any longer. No, the, the better quarterback will be Mac Jones, and I get it. He's a rookie, so on and so forth. Here's why I say that. If he's doing this damage with the system that he's with, I'll give the system the credit. So people won't give Brady credit. They'll be like, oh, it's the Patriots system. So on and so forth. I get it. I understand it. That's cool, right? So if he's doing this damage with the system that he has right now, he has no big-name receiver in his cavalry at all. Switch cores. Switch the receiver cords. If he had Diggs, Beasley, and Emmanuel Sanders and Knox, what would he look like in the AFC East? You see what I'm saying? Like, he's doing it with Bourne, Harry, and Hunter. Like, like the one that you probably more or less could gravitate to is Hunter Henry. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, 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 I don't know. Like, to me, if, if – New England pulls this off. They win that game Monday night against Buffalo. I don't care what Josh Allen can do. I could care less if he could throw the ball 70 yards on the run. Like, I will give Mac Jones the leg up over Josh Allen. Unless he has a bad game and they just win this game ugly. If they win it ugly, then I, I get it. But if it's, a, if it's like a shootout and the Patriots win this thing, I'm done with Josh Allen. There's no more excuse you can give me. There's none. There's none. Because if you watch those games, they force feed the mess out of Diggs, and it, it's it's terrible. I'm tired of watching that happen. It's corny as ever. I'm I'm so sick of it, and um, that's that. I mean, if if you guys feel a certain way, I'm, I already feel like I'm up against the grain anyway. You both went Patriots, and I'm going Bills anyway. The Bills have to stop this. They're seven and four. The Patriots are eight and four. The Patriots win this when they're outright winners or leaders of the AFC East. If the Bills get it, they'll be in first place. First place is on the line Monday night, period. 
Um, if there's anything that you guys would like to say on that, um, please do so. We do have a fair amount of time left where we can start closing up too. Well, gentlemen, I know we just we just touched on the NFL, but I wanted to get in on your opinions on this just a little bit more. Uh, what do you think about the Cincinnati Bearcats? Do they have a legitimate shot at winning the national championship this year? Do you think they can beat a team like Alabama or Georgia? Uh, you know, I, I personally think they could beat Michigan, but it's you know it's it's got to be a toss up with Alabama and Georgia. But what are your guys' thoughts on that? Uh, Mike, I'll let you go first. Uh, I don't think that Cincinnati is going to beat Alabama because I think that's probably how the brackets are going to fall. Do I think that they could, you know, I think they could pull it off and win one of those games depending on how the matchups fall. And shout out to them for, for being, you know, blazing a trail, right, and being the first team from a non-Power 5 league to make the playoffs, because I think that's about to happen. Um, and, like I said, the only reason why it did was because they beat the only other one-loss team. Uh, but they made it, right? So, uh, we we can stop saying that it's impossible. Even though the deck stacked against them, we can stop saying that it's impossible for a team to make it. But uh, I just don't think they have enough to win two. I, I, I think maybe they could pull one off possibly. I don't think that they will, but I think they could possibly pull one off. But I don't think they have enough to win but two games to get there. Um, you know what? I'm going to do this because I love the life of an underdog. I think Cincinnati can do it. Will they? I don't think so. But I want them to. My heart is with them. Uh, for them to be on a 24 24- game regular season streak or hell including their conference championship last year I think right so it's 26 right and then they lost when it came around to the the bowl game or whatever so like they're doing the best that they can you know to do what they possibly can and and it depends on where the committee lines them up I don't want them to keep sitting them at the fourth seat committee you guys got to do something they're the only unbeaten that you have in the four that you just don't want to move because of how the schedule is that's, that's not fair like what do you want them to do? Switch a game and play the game? Like, no, they're the unbeaten team there. Like, let, let them do what they need to do. Georgia lost their unbeaten situation, and their defense was carrying them. Their quarterback was trash. Like, he's trash, and, and Stetson Bennett, and, and Ritter's better than him. Ritter's better than Bennett, and you're giving him the leg up and having him rank number one. I don't care. So, so that's the same situation that they should do with Cincinnati. So, I want them to win just so they could make the committee kind of shut up because of the way that they've been just sitting them there idle and not giving them their respect at the end of the day. Uh, we do have Barry and Aaron in the building. Welcome to the brunch this afternoon. How are you guys feeling? Dylan, happy anniversary, TP. What up, baby? What up, Dylan? What's going on, gentlemen, man? It's a pleasure to be here. Happy anniversary to the squad, man. Those of us that have been here uh, from the beginning, salute to you guys. Those of y'all that joined us late, salute to you guys as well, man. What's going on, fellas? Man, glad to have you guys in. 
I will say real quick, I think if Cincinnati were to find a way to win, I think it would be a great story for college football. I think um, um, I think they I think they need to win. I think you know I think like TP says they have a shot. Um, I think they can beat Michigan. I think they can beat Georgia. I'm not sure about Alabama, um, but I think they need to. I think to, to make this college playoff you know committee to TP's point kind of get in their place. I think if they go in there and at least get to the championship game, they're a winner in my eyes. I disagree with you, and, and here's why. Like, the fact that Cincinnati is more than likely going to get in is great. But my thing is this. Once you get there, what do you do? Like, if you my, – my, my biggest complaint and my biggest knock on Cincinnati was that the fact that they really haven't played anybody of the caliber that they're about to see. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of whether you get Michigan, regardless of whether you get Alabama or Georgia, like – the people you played are not on that type of a level. So if Cincinnati were to get in there and get boat raced, it, 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 it's a bad look. Now, if they go in there and they play well and, and they lose a close one or, or they win or whatever, if they be, then, you know, the chips fall where they may. But I, I, I don't think just looking at the schedule and looking at who they play, that Cincinnati resume, you know, is of the same caliber to that, to that same point. I've been talking about Georgia for a while, you know, and, 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 and other places. And if you look at who Georgia has played, their caliber of competition wasn't up to par neither. So I think they really got exposed yesterday when they played Alabama and they just threw for 400 and some odd yards and had damn near 500 yards of total offense and defense is supposed to be Georgia's calling card. You know what I'm saying? But they couldn't stop nobody. Meshi went down with a torn ACL right before halftime. And, you know what I'm saying, dude still threw for damn near 500 yards. So there's going to be a lot of interesting topics that we can talk about as far as this college football playoff. But to the topic at hand, I, I think Cincinnati has to show well in order for them getting in there to be the right decision. If they don't show well, then – the whole question is going to open up, okay, well, who from the Power 5 conference should go in there? Should a two-loss team get in there? They're already talking about expanding the college football playoffs so that, you know, they can have, you know, eight teams or 12 teams get in there, which, in my opinion, wouldn't negate the regular season anyway um, because then you would have, you know, a two-, three-loss team getting in the playoffs, you know, get hot and go on a run. Um, so it's going to be crazy, but Cincinnati needs to show well for me. I, I don't know because it's like um, if it were to come down to it, I feel like they could beat Georgia. Yeah, I feel like too. Cincinnati could beat. I feel like Cincinnati could beat Georgia. Um, you have Bryce Young be able to tear them apart passing in the first half. He had 300 yards passing. It was 19 for 30. If Nick Saban wanted to, he could have kept passing. That game could have been bloody. Georgia could have got dismantled. They could not handle the pass. And the crazy part about it was Bryce was actually picking up yardage running, too. Ritter does both, and I think Ritter's a better passer. So all that Georgia stuff and Cincinnati and their schedule, I get it. I, I, I'm tired of it, though. Like, they didn't play anybody. They played Colin Charleston in, like, week 10. Like, everybody played the cupcake early. Like, they played them late. Like, I'm, I'm, I get it. And, and here's why, too. I'm going to just tell you that. 
if they can't prove that they could get a quarterback to lead them, their defense can't get but so far. If they see a double-digit deficit, I don't know how they get out of the wind of that. That's the first time they've seen a double-digit deficit all season. This year was against Alabama. So all of that hooping and hollering, and I'm not buying that either. So they got to get off of that if they want to start – Start substituting games if you feel that certain. If you feel that way, if they're running it too bad, then switch it up. Like make it interesting. We're going to put this team in front of you on this Saturday, and you guys play them. No, like like what are they supposed to do? Like now that they're winning, it's like oh, so they they ten and 11 and 12 and zero because they did not. What are they supposed to do? They're winning, and you making them feel bad about winning like that. That's that's the most ridiculous thing. Like I'm tired of that. That's that's crazy. Then don't rank them. They don't rank them because their schedule is bad. They don't rank them hot, period. And the same thing that they did with Boise State when they had Ian Johnson and all of them, Zabransky and them, they ran the table like three, four years in a row and wasn't getting no credit because of what they were doing. They don't rank them. Don't say they're a Division One school. Don't give them no credit to be playing no football, period. That's corny then. That's corny. I Substitute think- the game if you feel the type of way. I think they have a college football because of Boise State, in my opinion, because they were disrespected. You know what I'm saying? Like, they should have been um, in the national championship picture, and it was all BS how they did the, you know, the college football, what was it, the the scoring system or whatever they had. So I, I agree with you. Listen, Cincinnati deserves to be there. I think they can beat Georgia. I think at this point, if you ask me to Sirius's point and your point, I would take Notre Dame over Georgia. Because I don't, I haven't seen anything from Georgia after they got beat down by Alabama to want to put them in the college playoff. I think they'll get in, but I would take Notre Dame over Georgia because they're a better. I think they're a better one-loss team, and I and I got to be honest too. I'll see Bryce Young in New York. That kid is the Heisman Trophy winner by far. He's the best college football player on offense in this country. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa! How? What? Because. Because of this game against the, uh, the the Bulldogs? No, I think because of the games he's had all season. I think look the Alabama, the Auburn game, the Georgia game, obviously. But he's he's got the numbers, man. I, I don't know who else you got ahead of him. I, I'm putting him in the Heisman. He's definitely he's definitely going to get a Heisman bid, and I would I would pick him to win. I think you're yeah, right. I, I get it. He's had a good season, but Kenneth Walker. Did, did, I don't know if you where you've been. Like Kenneth Walker, the only game that he had was. Bad was against Ohio State where they didn't give him the ball. They they didn't shut him down. He he had six carries for like twenty five yards. He's averaging damn near five yards a clip. Then they stopped giving him the ball in the first half. That wasn't his fault. Everything else across mm-hmm. the board, Kenneth Walker has been killing. He has it been is. killing. Well, I don't know. I mean, I, I get it. Like Bryce Young has been doing a good job with them, but he struggled in, in the loss against A and M. Yep. Yep. That's, that's, that's true, but, I mean, one game, I wouldn't take him out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That, uh, no, you're good. That's still early in the season. And what we know in the past, especially the last several years, with the way college football has opened up passing the ball, it's going to take a lot to get the Heisman out of the hands of a quarterback and into the hands of a, of a running back. And so I think when you look at, breaking an SEC record for most passing yards in a conference championship game against a defense of that caliber that was so highly touted coming in. I think Bryce Young did enough to clinch the Heisman for himself yesterday as a first-year starter and as a freshman. 
Okay, so we we will see how this does pan out. Any anything else that you guys have to go before we start to do the closeout? Yeah, uh, I mean it was a great out. day yesterday. I'm sorry, real quick. I think no, yesterday was said. a great day. I think Michigan is. Um, I don't think they're the best team in college, but I think they earned the number one seed because they were number two in the country. Um, they Iowa is a fraud. I, we've been saying that it, it came true again. Um, I would have rather seen Ohio State, Michigan, but they're in the same division in the in the Big Ten. But um, you know, and and, and Oregon, fraud, another fraud. Like they, they they shouldn't be allowed to the dance. So I think you got five, maybe six teams that deserve to get in. Four is going to get in, and um, I think they should expand the playoff next year to six teams, eight teams max. I, I agree, twelve teams is too much. I think six to eight is a, is a sweet spot. I like six because I like the idea of giving the top two teams a little bit of an advantage and not having to play that extra game, kind of like the NFL did with the playoffs for years. I think six is the next answer because the truth of the matter is once you expand, you've you've opened that box, that Pandora's box, and you're not going to be able to get anything back in, right? So I would I would tend to think more gradually expansion than to go big. So I think I would go six for a little while first. Um, real quick, last night, some pretty good fights. Shout out to Jose Aldo. Old man now who has been around for a while. Uh, really entertaining fight on the UFC side last night. And uh, Clay Guido with a big win. Wrestling's going to be jujitsu nine times out of ten. And it did again last night. All right. And I um, I don't think Michigan is better than Alabama. I think Alabama will end up jumping back into that one seat. I, I think that's something that ended up happening. I want to see what they do. I don't think Michigan is going to get that one spot, especially with the way Iowa looked in that game. I don't feel like they just killed Iowa. Just, just, Iowa just gave that defense too many times to be on the field up against that offense, and they're going to break, you know. That's just the way, you know, I feel about it. I'm actually getting word right now that Cristobal is looking like he is going to Miami. So just keep your eyes on that. I don't want it to happen, but it's looking like it is going to freaking happen. Okay, I need plugs and closeouts from each of you because people from Oregon are sending me messages right now about this, and I'm getting mad <laughs> at the wrong time. <laughs> because I don't want this before the Sutras lost you Utah twice in a season. Are you kidding? Plugs and closeouts from each of you. I'll start with you first, Mr. Jordan. Give me a plug, closeout, shout-out, anything that you like to promote as we shut it down here at the front. Yeah, I love you guys, man. Glad to be on with you. Sorry I came in late. I was doing a lot of stuff around the house with the, the wife and kid. But, um, listen, it, I'm glad to be here, part of the Sports City Chefs. Um, we do a lot of big things. Uh, TP, man, you're like my brother, man. I love you to death. Um, I'll get up with you guys soon, man. Appreciate you. Yeah, he said, like a brother, man. I called him my brother, man. Damn, this is what be happening, man. I don't even know Sports City. But this, this is how the Jordans treat you, man. It's okay, man. Shout out to the Jordan family, my niece and my nephew. Shout out to Shy. You know, I, I got you, man. I, I guess I'm I'm like a, a, a brother-in-law. I don't I don't know. This is what they do to people. Okay, so, so Mike, I need a plug, close out, shout out, anything that you like to promote as we shut it down here at the brunch. Yeah, man, uh, really quick, we did. Uh, we have made it to 3000 in uh, the barbershop. We'll probably have a big cash giveaway coming soon. Uh, barbershop going to Vegas this weekend. Thank you, big homie, my, my, my brother, 
from another mother, Mr. T.P. Thomas Powell. If it wasn't for you, I wouldn't be here and get to chop it up with you guys, man. I very much enjoy chopping it up with all of you. Always good to hear your voice, E, on Sunday mornings, man. Uh, always a pleasure. Uh, villain, serious. All you guys, man, I enjoy being part of the group. I thank you guys for having me. I feel like I belong, and I'm uh, definitely I, I look forward to our time every week. And uh, you know, it's it's gonna be interesting to see what happens moving forward, man. But join us on uh, join us on Clubhouse. Uh, you like any of our takes? Get into conversations and some back and forth, and interact with us on that platform. Uh, we got merchandise as well. We got Clubhouse T-shirts. You still gonna need workout shirts this time of year, so. Really nice, high-quality tea for uh, workouts. We also got hoodies and other things coming down the pipeline. So make sure you join us on the clubhouse. Check out Sports City Chefs. Check out the Finger Foods, uh, the br- the brunch we have on Sunday mornings, the cookout on Wednesdays, the Crossover Cafe, the NFL show on Tuesdays with Sirius and the Villain. Check out all of our shows and everything we got to offer, man. The more and more you guys check it out, the more people that follow it, the more we're going to keep creating. So, uh, it's a pleasure to be here and a pleasure to be part of the group. group. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Mr. TP, for letting me be uh, part of the family. See, that, that's what I'm talking about. See, stuff like that. That's what I'm talking about. Mr. Gross, you already know what to do, bro. Shut it down in the mountains. Absolutely. Happy anniversary to the Sports City Chefs. Thanks to all the listeners and the supporters out there for all these years. Timeless, serious Dylan, Mike, much love and respect. It's a pleasure to be here as well. I love doing this with you guys. Check out all the merchandise we got, sportscitychefs.com, all the chefs. Keep showing the love and support. Everybody have a blessed day. Sportscitychefs.com, you already know where to find us, man. We got shows throughout the week. Uh, We should be here tomorrow. Uh, If not, I will try to be in here tomorrow for the anniversary, try to do something special. We'll pop around here. Uh, Tuesday, these guys get busy. Wednesday, we back with the cookout. The crossover cafe's been moving for Thursday as well. Y'all stay focused, man. Four City is doing work back at their regular schedule program like always. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. City chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on the spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman verse, MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the sports city chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Sports city.